0: Welcome to the show, Doug and Amanda Sanders. How's it going?
1: It's going very well. Thanks very much.
0: Yeah, not too bad at all. Thanks. Yeah. Good. So I believe you've got a new book out at the moment. What can you tell us about that?
1: Well, uh, uh, Amanda's the author, so... uh...
0: (laughs) Yes, well, it's about
2: the Lambrettas right from the beginning to now. I managed to get hold of an awful lot of people actually, which I was really lucky to get in contact with most people who've been around them right from 1979 until now. It's a very colourful kind of picturey sort of book. It's, It's full of loads and loads of photos, lots and lots of stories from different people. Yeah, it's just about the Lambrettas from
0: their very beginnings to now. Great. So you was able to put this together during lockdown then, I imagine? (laughs) <laughs> i certainly was
2: yeah i think it
1: started a long time if i mean it was one of those um things uh i think i'm gonna write a book is what she said <laughs> for a long time and then i don't know you know you, you see things you don't know whether they're actually going to happen or not but she's been really industrious with um the research and here we finally have the product and uh I get. Hopefully, you'll get to see it at some point because I think you're in there somewhere. Oh, yes, I you are. Your in there. You're in number uh, page
2: one one six here. There
0: you go. So, with the book, did you get lots of people coming into you like fans? And was there anything that you didn't know about, or something you'd forgotten about while you were doing the book?
2: Not really. Nothing particularly. That yes, I had forgotten about things, but I had my diaries. And that was really useful because I could go back to 1979, 1980 and read everything that was in there. So I had forgotten things, but it was actually lovely to read the diaries and get in touch with those people. managed to get hold of Pete Waterman and quite a few people from Rocket Records. Because Pete. I don't know, do you know that Pete Waterman produced Poison Ivy and a few other of the Lambretta's songs? Poison Ivy was his first silver disc. So. Yeah, it
1: was. Yeah, I think his um, his hallway with a million silver and gold discs on it. I think we're we're the very first one, number one. So, wow. I don't know if that's <laughs> I don't know if that's a claim to fame or something <laughs> I should be keeping quiet about. No, he's all right, is Pete. He's all right.
2: He was great. He was very helpful, and he he said a couple of bits for the book. So that's oh. that's really nice that we've got him in there, mm. along with a lot of other people, a lot yeah. of engineers, um,
1: all sorts. Yeah, there's a, There's a lot of fans, I say that (laughs) with trepidation. When I say fans, I mean both of them. Um, (laughs) No, you know, lots of contributions from just just the general public, quite a few endorsements from sort of slightly more well-known people. And uh, yeah, it's all very anecdotal. And it's only officially released about a week less a week ago today, I think. So, yes, it is, yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, touch wood, it's all going really rather well. Great, yeah. And where can people get the book? Everywhere?
2: Well, currently, lockdown's given me thinking time because I wasn't really quite sure what to do. And so I started by just selling it myself via Facebook. So just literally online orders to the author currently. However, like I said, this second lockdown, it's sort of given me thinking time. And I googled it uh, yesterday and found it on sale in Waterstones, which I'd never done. But they've just obviously picked it up. So I think once lockdown's over, I will talk to some bookshops and possibly Amazon, I'm not quite sure. But currently, just at the moment, it's via a link on Facebook and there's a page that I've created called Beyond the Jet Age, and and the how
0: to order is on there. But
1: so far so good.
0: Great, and so tell us about the title of the book.
1: What's that all about? Beyond the Jet Age. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, I'll let you say that. Yeah. That, well, <laughs> our first album was called Beat Boys in the Jet Age, and there's a title track. There's a song called Beat Boys in the Jet Age. It's just an. It's purely and simply a, an extension of that. Really, just you know what sort of when that was among one of the well the first album we did so um you know it's just an extension of what happened after that i guess just a little play on words with the with the album title nothing too deep
0: Does it touch on the time period of when all this was happening?
2: Oh, most definitely, yes. It starts literally right from 1979 um, and, and travels through as chronologically as I could do it with everybody's stories. So although I've left their stories in their own words, I haven't edited it very much. I kind of steered people in the direction I wanted them to, the things that I wanted them to write about, so I knew how I could fit them all in together So, yes, it goes right from the first um, First. rehearsals, the first uh, photos, the first Top of the Popses, And and so it goes on um, the tour with Madness in Europe and and right through until 1982 when they split for a while. Then you've got a part two, which is much littler, but it's about um, a few reunion gigs in the 90s. And then part three is from 2009 to date, which is when they reformed with
0: Doug and Paul. There must be quite a few funny stories in there as well, isn't there? (laughs) <laughs> we've tried
1: <laughs> yeah yeah there are one or two mostly at my expense I've got to f- <laughs> but yeah no it, I don't know I can what can I say you uh, hopefully people will uh you know get a copy and get to read it I, I mean I'm biased obviously but I I think it's it's very accessible you know there's lots of like I say little stories and anecdotes it's quite colorful lots of pictures and I think everybody that's involved in that sort of scene if that's what what you want to call it, they're going to know someone that's made a contribution at the very least, you know, so uh, let's uh, see how things develop over the next month or two.
2: Yeah, I sort of wanted to do it as a book about a band who've been around for 40 years, rather than a book about a mod band, although we're so grateful for all the the mods and their support and everything else, I wanted it to be a book about a whole time period, really right from 1980 until now is, is quite a long time, and I thought it would be maybe interesting for other people who aren't necessarily mods but just fans of music to have a little look at, at what happened back then, you know, the Top of the Pops, which doesn't exist anymore, various other bits and pieces that, you know, were specific to a time period, really. Yeah, so
0: what was that like, Doug, going on Top of the Pops all those years ago? Well, do you remember it?
1: Was, it? Yeah, I do. <laughs> do, you I do? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I do. Back in the time when there were sabre-toothed tigers. Yeah. Now I do remember it quite well. I mean, it's people ask this question quite a bit. And it's funny because when I was like about 14 or 15, I started learning the guitar and wanting to play in bands. I'd go to like the, um, you know, the local gigs and see the local bands and I think to myself one day I might be able to get to do that and then you sort of get to do that and then it's like oh I wonder what it'd be like playing in Brighton wonder what you like playing in London what it be like being on the radio and, and you, you sort of do it step by step so you know it certainly wasn't an overnight thing but so I think by the time you know i got to do that you know i think we did really appreciate it and we did it enough times to for it to sink in and i think we did it you know considering we were a lot younger then i think we absorbed it quite well and it was it's all good really i can't i can't i don't have any bad memories about it just it was a lot of fun and very exciting to do that for you know because now it's a, such a different animal now um you know you do stuff like that to sell records i, I can remember um i can remember phoning up the record company one day and saying you know, how do we do? And they, they say, well, we sold 38,000 records yesterday. And it's like, if you did that now, <laughs> you'd be number one for 10 years, you know? Mm. But, um, and now it's all, of course, it's, you know, rather than um, do gigs to promote records, it's, it's more or less the other way around now. It's, um, you know, the, the records are, are much more, I wouldn't say superficial, but, you know, not so, you know the sales are much, much less for, for every band and uh, it's all about playing live now which uh, isn't going too well at this current moment.
0: <laughs> no, sa- sadly not. So how have you been during the lockdown?
1: Well, I've been all right. I've been doing some writing. Obviously, Amanda's been doing writing <laughs> in a different way.
0: he have been So she's
1: been in one room, uh, you know, doing a book, and I've been writing some songs. Um, and that's going really well. I've got some songs that I'm quite happy with, which are a little bit different, let's say, a bit more, a bit more jazzy. But I've been trying to write songs that are more just not more natural, but... Um, not geared to anything If you see what I mean It's just What comes out Comes out I mean there's always A bit of You know Contriving in as much As you're thinking Of hook lines And all stuff like that But yeah I've been Doing some writing And I'm quite pleased With that so far As and when we get To ever do any more recording there, There's um, there's plenty of stock To choose from As it were
0: And I, sp- I suppose Like everybody You probably had gigs And they were cancelled
1: And yeah. rearranged And cancelled And yeah It's
0: been, it's been well,
1: a rough year really Yeah I mean a, a f- probably Amanda. Amanda Sam is the band manager. I don't know if you know that, but um, she's the one that does all that. So I, I'm guessing that I think most of them were either um, postponed or cancelled or whatever. So uh, what we're left with is not very much at the moment. So uh, I think we just got to grin and bear it. But it's not just us. It's well, it's, yeah, everyone, isn't it? it's, it's just everyone. the end of
2: 2021 yeah. is, is when we've got anything that might happen at the moment. but. Hopefully, with the news in the last few days, maybe it'll be sooner. You never know.
3: Fingers crossed. Yeah, that'd be great.
1: It's a shame because we had some really good uh, sort of gigs that we, you know, didn't, weren't able to do there was there's a really good festival that I really enjoyed. We did it a few years ago in Spain called the Purple Festival. That that was really good. In fact, we we were sort of second on the bill. Lots of bands, we were lucky to be second on the bill to the Buzzcocks, you know, sadly lost their singer not so long ago. But that was a great gig and that that was cancelled or postponed. I'm not sure which. But you know hopefully it'll it'll all come back eventually
0: yeah it will do got to be positive yeah thing about this lockdown from your point of view is that you've been able to do the book you wouldn't have necessarily uh, been able to have done it maybe no you're
2: quite right actually yes because i i um i did have a job which i asked if i was able to stay at home and shield with doug and they said no so i kind of was almost given the sack if you like um so i was sort of not really knowing what to do and then the book completely filled Up my time, so instead of being stressed about all that, I was able to spend the time doing it. So yeah, in a way, they did me a favour. Those people who told me I couldn't do it. So there you go.
0: (laughs) Doug, what was it like touring with Madness? Then you mentioned that you toured with Madness.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, that was quite a laugh. It was about a month or so month or a month and a bit and we, it was just it was a European tour and we um most of the time we just supported them and they were like big stadium gigs and so we only got to we only played for about 40 minutes which is quite easy really and we did it we did sort of branch off uh I think there was like when we got to um Holland I think we did a couple of gigs you know just us um and we did a couple of TV things um, but, but mostly it was supporting them and it, yeah they all, they were very friendly they, you know it was a very accommodating um, so yeah good memories of that same you know same lots of driving as usual <laughs> <laughs> don't be in a band don't be in a band unless you like driving <laughs> trust me on that
2: <laughs> yeah there's a few stories in the book about that as well yeah there and are yeah stories.
1: I mean it really does cover pretty much everything you know anything I can tell you and probably a
0: lot more <laughs> you were talking about top of the pops earlier of course that ceased to be it's not around anymore which is a shame and yeah. like you said it's because the music industry changed so
1: much didn't it absolutely yeah yeah well it's uh, you know it, there's the download thing which uh, I, I know most artists aren't that happy with because a lot of it you, you know people can just get the stuff anyway without paying any fee whatsoever and when they do the revenue that go that actually goes that gets to the band or the writer it's just so minimal unless you're I don't know whatever you two or something you're in trouble you know so so it's really is about you know doing gigs now perhaps our paths will cross at scarmouth again yeah i hope so yeah yeah so do i i like it there it's good
2: thing i like about it is because i have to try and get seven people together in one place (laughs) before a gig and on stage and everything most places i'm so stressed but scarmouth like tom and christine and everyone are so chilled that I, I enjoy it even before the gig, which is mm. a real treat for me. So I love so Scar
1: <laughs> It is. Yeah. There are some logistic things with our band. That's a mm. bit awkward, i.e. We've got um, a drummer that lives in Pool um a guitarist that lives not too far from there a sax player that lives in hastings a trombone player that lives in brighton i live somewhere in the middle a trumpet player that lives in london a bass player from eastbourne so we're really, <laughs> you know getting us to rehearse or getting us together that's like a major a major headache so uh it's a wonder we've ever rehearsed at all, frankly
0: <laughs> You didn't do a Zoom rehearsal then?
1: No, no we didn't. <laughs> Our regular rehearsals are chaotic enough <laughs> Without trying one of those That no. would be impossible Yeah, I think that would be really difficult with us <laughs> It would just turn into just a chat I've spoken to the other band members I, I spoke to um, Paul and Phil a, a couple of days ago And um, yeah, so everyone, everyone's still, you know to- Totally enthusiastic about, about it all
0: Great, well it's been lovely to speak to you and so Beyond the Jet Age is out now that's the name yes, of the book it is. isn't it Beyond the Jet Age
2: that's exactly right it is a really lovely coloured full book I, I'm, I'm quite pleased with it I've had a lot of really positive comments from lots of people so I'm really happy and yes you can find it on the page on Facebook called Beyond the Jet Age you can find out how to order there